Just hit a button, Morty. Give me a beat. Oh, man. Okay. All right. Um. Welcome back to Not Your Weekly Sports Pod. What's up, fellas? I really thought you were going to hit us with that Fonzie, like, hey. Well, hey. <laughs> you didn't actually pass for being Italian, too. Right? I, you know, in high school, I was when I went through a phase of being, like, ashamed of being Middle Eastern, I passed that I was, like, a quarter Italian on my grandfather's side. They called me the Italian Stallion on the Oh, wow. Time. Did you think it. people were going to make fun of you because you're Middle Eastern? Uh, damn, it's got really deep. Wow, yeah. I mean, like I'm just, I'm just like, myself. damn, wow. you were just very we're embarrassed. Like, well, I was in West Meadows, so I was just trying to stand out from the pack. <laughs> West <laughs> that Meadows, makes sense. for the yeah. listeners, was a that neighborhood in Sugarland that yeah, is 99% uh, Pakistani and Indian. Hey, man, that's where the greatest come from. Why you would have been just another basic why do you think our, Why do you think our GPA at the New Territory was collectively so high? Yeah. And we had the, we had the one Italian guy sitting over here helping yeah, us out. <laughs> the one Italian guy over here had a lot of culture uh, relative to the other folks that we had as well. So shout out to you, my Italian stallion. Well, I mean, if we're coming at this from the Italian stallion's perspective, that was a name that I had on the back of my basketball jersey during wow. club basketball as well. Uh, and if we're talking basketball, y'all, the NBA did it. Yeah, like, man. Dude, dude, they actually pulled it off. They Holy pulled goodness. off the bubble where really no key players, no key amount of players missed any games or went tested positive or had any mishaps. I think it was with a the quarantine. He, they really pulled off the impossible. They and did. they did it in a way where watching the product that we had on the TV, I didn't it, it looked like a regular NBA game. I didn't feel like I was watching a different product at any point in time. Plus and the better camera angles and everything that that had made it seem like you were sitting courtside like all the time. And on top of all that, I don't know if you guys remember talking about this on a previous pod we did with Raheel Ramzanali. Shout out ESPN. Shout out ESPN 975. Hey. We'll have more hosts for y'all soon. But the intensity of these games, I don't know if it's the fact that it's just you and the players out there, and you're not trying to prove to anyone else but each other. There's but no your home colleagues. court advantage. There's nothing, dude. It's just you go out there and you hoop against your peers, yeah. guys that you're in a close proximity with, where the only focus really on everyone's lives is basketball. You know, you're a lot of times not seeing your family. You're having limited communication with them. Um, everything is focused on basketball and the environment that's around you. I mean, unless you're Lou Williams, where you got to get hungry sometimes. Yeah, bro. You got to go see your six girlfriends. So you have priorities <laughs> that you have to get to as well. You know, what I was really surprised about with the bubble was just, I, I think we all had our reservations, like looking at the stadium and seeing a lack of fan interaction. There's going to be no noise. Are we really just going to have like an empty scrimmage going on? But, you know, shout out to the technology that was used to. The whole yeah. virtual fans idea I thought was just freaking great. That it was, was so awesome. Smart. I did had, not see that coming. Did y'all see they had like Lil Wayne? On yeah. yeah. <laughs> that like Lil Chris Wayne Bosch. on there. Chris Bosch is on. They had a ghost a on goat. there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Was super cool. I thought it was just so cool of like, hey, like, you know, you could go to any one of these teams' pages online, apply and go be a virtual fan. And you're on TV. Like, it's so cool my opinion like if you're gonna have any sort of interaction that still retains the interaction that you would want to have with fans but on a 21st century type of way i'm kind of uh, you know everything that we've been doing right and virtual meetings stuff like that that we're doing in american society and now we have done sports again so yeah, I i'm really surprised no one like whipped their schlong out on one of those oh my god i think you probably Just, like strip naked or uh, something bezos would rip your dick off i think that's the promise what would happen yeah. shout out jeff bezos hey previous episode we love you jeff you know what to do but yeah dude that see that stands things was a genius idea i really don't think any Anybody in the NFL is even going to be thinking about doing that. 
So shout out to you guys, man. Great job on that. Yeah, JJ Reddick was talking on his podcast. Shout out to the Ringer. Wait, we've shouted out Bill Simmons, a guy who hates the Houston Rockets time and time again and hates James Harden. We've shouted him out too many times on these episodes. Uh, we'll have a, like a surname for him pretty soon. But JJ Reddick was talking about how it feels like a movie set for the players. Like it doesn't look That's like. Cool. Our perspective doesn't necessarily give you insight into what it feels like for them. Uh, and it, a lot of times he says it feels like you're on a Hollywood set carrying out a production show. So they pulled it off. It lo- it looks amazing. It has been ultra competitive from the get-go. Yeah. And I think going to the playoffs, we're going to see some special oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, dude, I mean, I was looking at some of these games that we saw in the bubble felt like playoff games, right? Yeah, I would that, say, for, that first Lakers-Clippers yeah. game right off the bat. Dude, are you kidding me? Did y'all get a chance to end up watching that Memphis and uh, Portland buzz the game? Oh, yeah, that, dude. That play-in game needs to be a thing every, every year, year going forward. I agree. I think. I, I think we talked about this previously as well where we were talking about how Baseball, sorry, basketball needs to start implementing somewhat of a soccer schedule as well. This is something that soccer loves to have, right? Those playing games to those big moments and those big moments even meaning more. All like, or nothing, yeah. Dude, and I think... Dude, I would look at these to the games, TV watching, yeah, man, because dude, of that. And I mean, if we look at the intensity of that game, dude, I would say that was equivalent to a game seven in the NBA Finals just based off of like just a just rough neck that you're trying to 100%. go. 100%. I mean, you could see it. CJ McCollum turning to the camera saying he can't fucking, fucking guard me. me. That's wild. You're, say, you're saying that in a place that has... Has no fans that's like these are players emoting themselves it's to honestly each other. like you're going to play a pickup game at lifetime man like people are just talking trash going it, Bro, it felt just like as, that. A, as a hooper like i i played high school basketball i played a little bit club basketball in college some of the best times at the gym are when you're done hooping you're fucking exhausted your knees are done your body's saying no more and you just sit there on the side and just watch the trash talking. Watch the little like nuances of those pickup games. Just to walk games. up, shoot the three in your face. You can't guard me. You trash. I just love that, And that's bro. what it is. That's what we're exactly. seeing out there. And honestly, I think that not having fans and not having you know that other overall interaction, I think is bringing out more of a competitive spirit amongst these players to actually play better too. I mean, look at the stats that a lot of these guys have been just throwing up this bubble, right? We're looking at numbers that we've never seen before from players that we really didn't expect either. Everybody... I feel like had to take a step up to build the environment. Like, hey, there's nothing, nothing preventing you from not focusing all on exactly what you're doing. Look at, this look time. at TJ Warren, prime, yeah. prime example, example of what dude. you're talking about, Nabil. Hey, who remembers him in college? North Carolina State. Like, he didn't do anything meaningful there. I don't even sure. think he's a top 50 scorer no. outside of the bubble. I mean, not he's, even. He's been a consistent like. 18, 18 to, 10 to 20 yeah. point per game score for the Pacers over the last few years with his best season being this. Points. But 35, he was oh. averaging 40 like the first couple of weeks of bubble games. So unbelievable. Yeah, you're seeing some special stuff. So y'all want to talk about who's kind of like surprised you the most? Oh, I think right he's at the here? top yeah, of my list. Easy. Yeah, I think TJ Warren, when I look at him from now, I think Indiana has always been one of those competitive teams I look at in the East. Like they're always that one star player away of like, you Oladipo. know, doing, yeah. 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 Now look at y'all, dude. Now you'll have a squad. Uh, you're going you're gonna to have Demonis Sabonis come back. I don't know if he's going to come back for the playoffs or not, but I would love him back. But then you have Oladipo, Miles Turner is the up and coming star in this league. And T 
TJ Warren on the same squad. And I think, you and know, Brogdon. You, and Brogdon. And oh. Brogdon, yeah. I mean, dude, you're looking at a stack squad over here. So if TJ can sustain this as an offensive threat, I mean, if we're looking at the East it's right gonna now. It's going to be exciting, man. Yeah, look at the most biggest offensive threats. I would say that TJ Warren's playing better than Jason Tatum. I think he would, uh, I would say he's playing better, uh, better than the Spicy P. Like, he's probably the best wing out there right now in the Eastern Conference. And I'm scared if I'm, if I'm uh, the Indiana Pacers, not, in, I'm scared if I'm the opponent of the Indiana Pacers if I know I have to play this team in the first round. I'm shocked y'all, y'all at the way he's talk playing, about that man. series too yeah let's let's go straight into that i think we can bounce around all these series and talk about like who surprised you and who's been kind of out there okay so first round indiana pacers that team that we just mentioned tj warren having crazy year miles turner doing his thing down low on the post for them victor oladipo's out there stack team if it can all come together <laughs> is playing another team which is starting to bring it all together. Honestly, my sleeper, my dark horse in the East for the Eastern Conference Championship, the Miami Heat. I think this is one of the more intriguing, if not the most intriguing first round matchup out East because you've got two teams that can make some noise regardless of who advances. Uh, And you've got some star players on both sides and you've got some question marks on both sides uh, due to injuries and kind of players that are just now starting to fill their roles and get acclimated with the team. So, who do y'all first of all, who do y'all have in this series? And then is there anyone we want to unpackage? I really think that I got this the is gonna bro. be you got the heat? I got the heat. I think it's gonna be the Pacers. Wow. I, I think the Pacers, Pacers. pull I, I, I think the Pacers the heat, pull it off. Man. Time out. Chef, you got the heat in how many games? This is gonna go seven. Like I don't seven see seven games. I don't, I don't see this oh not my. going seven. I think you're underestimating these Pacers teams. I, I think things, I think go seven. Heat yeah. and five, bro. Heat and five. Heat and five. Yeah. Yeah. You got Pacers and seven. I got Pacers and seven. I, I I think this goes far. I also think this goes seven. I, I think Chef, you're really Yeah, you're underestimating these Pacers. Man, these Pacers if he can, can keep up those same numbers, which look, he is. Look, I'm gonna name but guys playoff game is different game, bro. I'm gonna name you five guys right off the top of my head. I'm not a Pacers fan. I honestly haven't looked into their team. Five guys off the top of my head that can all give you double digits on any given night malcolm brogdon tj warren victor oladipo sabonis um you got it you got it say that again miles turner miles turner uh who else do they have on that team do we want to cheat and look at the list? Yeah, we're looking. At, we're, we're looking right now. We're trying to see the squad that Indi- the Indiana Pacers have. But I mean, if we also Derek look Carlson's at that, not on that team anymore, is he? He's, reti- no, he's been retired. No, we have Doug. <laughs> That's a throwback Ooh. right there. We have original God. Chris Paul backup Darren yeah. Collison. Jeremy Lamb is giving you twelve. Uh, is giving you twelve Jeremy again. Lamb. Jeremy, Jeremy Lamb. Lamb is on that team. team. Shout yeah. out Daryl Morey. Yeah, there we go. Doug, McD- wow. uh, Doug, uh, Doug McDermott's giving you ten as well. So you have seven guys on this list that are giving you ten plus points a game. Not to mention you still have the Holiday brothers as well aaron justin holiday as well on the wow. same squad so this that's a deep team th- this is a very deep team I, I would say they go nine to ten deep and that up uh, that top five you're looking at a lot of talent this team actually reminds me a lot of like when those talent like those star the without the star te- uh, teams that can end up going far like something like a detroit team yeah no i see it and you know you've got the steady hand in victor oladipo if he can be healthy the clutch kind of guy at the end of the games that you can rely on with all that said nabil i agree with everything you laid out Miami man, there. You look. I'm you want to talk about depth? Jimmy is a bad, bad man. Jimmy's oh. a bad. When you had two teams that match up like this, a lot of times I just with conventional thought, I just go with the best player in the series, and I think Jimmy Butler is the best player in the series. I would I, honestly, I think Jimmy's talented, and he's very, very talented. Probably one of the most talented three oh, and D guys that we have in this league. But dude, I'm looking at like when it comes to the playoffs, I think that the amount of like I guess the the 
the recognition that you've had, I would say more importantly with like the endurance that you've had going into the playoffs, I think the streak that TJ Warren's had and just how hot he was, I think that he's going to well, move they can that ride heat. that, oh man. That's what I'm saying. That's so, going to be that's going to be hard. And to I think beat. the NBA is really keen on that, right? The NBA is very keen on if like how hot you are going into the playoffs. I think the NFL does that too, right? Like those hot teams, if you're a wild card team, if you're hot, you can end up winning the Super Bowl. Same thing goes with the NBA. If you're a seven or six seed and you have your stride going, I think that can go really far. So yeah, I would say like, if this was a random game before the bubble, I think the week uh, the the Heat win this handedly in like five or six games. But after what the Pacers have shown me during this bubble season and what TJ Warren can be, what Oladipo can be, all in the same. See, spot, I want to see TJ Warren in the playoff. I agree. I situation. think everybody does, right? That, that and I want to see Sabonis. Because that's a different Sabonis. game. If, yeah. Sabonis, if Sabonis doesn't play, I, I think Miami takes this. No, I, I agree. I think the main... Uh, the health is the biggest thing. So I think they need a healthy squad to stay competitive because I believe Miami is healthy. I don't think Miami really has any uh, any injuries going into the series. Well, Ra- random question for you. Who do you think is Miami's best three-point shooter? Was it Duncan Robinson? I don't know. Kelly Olenek? <laughs> Duncan Robinson, 45% three-point shooter that's, that's unreal that is that's white guy that's basically the biggest fear of anyone is a white guy, white guy behind can a three-point shot with his hands ready to shoot the ball yeah. it's a terrifying image it we've is. all seen it before no they have a they have a very deep team and i think miami if they can get hot i, I think miami is one of those teams that could probably make a run for pushing uh, the bucks in my opinion yeah you've got i mean you've got depth on that team too andre iguodala you've got front court depth and olenic myers leonard uh we mentioned Bam Bam, Bam bro. Bio. Bam yeah, Bam. One of the most improved player candidates out here, giving you consistent production and yeah. playmaking, too. So I think Miami can get hot and put the pieces together. I got Miami in seven. This will be fun. Like I said, I think you have them in seven. I have, them, I have the other team in seven. I think this, te- this series can go really far. I got far. them in five. All right. Hold five, me to so, it. Yeah, so Jimmy, don't chef. let me down, man. Chef thinks this is going to be don't a blowout. Don't let me down, Jimmy. I mean, the way I look at it, though, dude, like I think that with this series, we're probably really going to be, we're probably going to know after the first game. It's going to be a super competitive series, though. I'm not going to lie. I From think all we're going to know. Trash man. talking that's been going on between them two. Man, it's be, I, I don't it's know. Be heavy. I think after the first game, we're really going to find out what each team is made of and what we could see going forward. I think if Jimmy puts the clampers on TJ Warren the first game, uh, I think it's going to be. A, I think it's over. Same thing goes on the other side. If TJ Warren just ends up torching Jimmy Butler the first game, I think we're going to see that consistently. So I think game one is going to mean a lot for this whole series. Yeah, I, I just remember LeBron James may, uh, turning into TJ Warren's daddy during the playoffs one time yes. when Cleveland played them. So I can see Jimmy Butler taking the challenge on on himself to really reel 2020 in and give TJ Warren another father figure in his life. Oh, man. This will be so, fun. All right. So Miami in seven, Chef Scott, Miami in five, Nabil's going out on a limb, Pacers in seven. What uh, playoff series do y'all want to tackle next? Y'all want to go out west for one? Let's go out west for the same four or five. Yeah, let's go four or five with the, with the uh, Houston Rockets. How long did it take Ooh. us? 14 minutes? Oh, guys, I think we're doing consistent, like, 14, 14 15 minutes 14 in, like, before minutes. we get into Rockets talk. 14 but, minutes too long? Like, don't tell me about it, man. But, dang, this is a 4-5 matchup that we have in the in the West. You know, and this was originally, the Rockets weren't even supposed to be the number four seed in the in the Western Conference, but pulled it out, and I think we're getting the most intriguing matchup from an NBA storyline perspective of CP3 playing his former team that he should have won the NBA championship with if he was healthy and an OKC former OKC legend in Russell Westbrook who's probably gonna have a statue built of himself outside the stadium one day this is and I don't think anybody <laughs> can argue this 
That's funny. <laughs> yeah, uh, Russell Westbrook. Is it going to be a statue of him with like the turtle shell on his back? Is it no, no, it's going to be. It's gonna, grabbing a rebound. No, y'all are both mistaken. <laughs> off of his own teammate. It's going like, to be four people boxing out. For no, him. you're mistaken. It's going to be a picture of him holding the basketball, KD calling for it, and him trying to shoot it and brick it at this yeah, point. That's that. That's the great. Uh, that's the great monument that we're going to see. Yeah. But, but regardless of this, I think the story <laughs> storyline of this series I, I think is probably one of the best ones in the first round that we're looking time at. out this is i don't think anyone can argue this this is by far the best series that i wish like the quarantine wasn't happening for oh like if God. there was dude, i would want to go fans, watch this yes. dude you know like you've got the blockbuster trade of the summer in the cp3 westbrook exchange uh seeing what fans in OKC would do to Russell Westbrook in his first playoff game back, I think, back, I think standing, standing O's, without yeah. a doubt, yeah. dude. Nothing. Um, and he'd be such a great villain to oh them, just breaking their hearts. <laughs> Unfortunately, he's injured, so he may miss a few games. We'll see how that impacts the Rockets. Uh, this is one that I love to break down. But before we do, bro, the Houston Rockets, another home court advantage season. James Harden's been with this team for eight years. They've made the playoffs all eight years. And they've had a winning record for six of them, having home court advantage for six out of those eight years. And James Harden has had an all-star during these eight years two times. Dwight Howard the first season he was here, Russell Westbrook this season. No, it's unreal. Crazy. It's crazy. And I, I think that being able to see that this series as well, you know, the main thing I'm scared about, speaking of the fact that we do have an all-star, is the fact that how much is that second all-star really going to play this series? Yeah. Right? Is it, gonna be jo- is it going to be James Ward? To fuck with. I agree. No. I, I'm not, I honestly am going out on a limb saying I'm not going to be surprised if he doesn't play at all this series. I, I really would not be surprised. And I think I see I that really more than I really feel anything. like no one... I mean, I really don't know Westbrook like that, but you're playing your former team in the playoffs. And no, I agree. Hey, like just that mentality he, he has, I dude. He, he is gonna play. I think he could play. You know, the last game that we saw him play, they said the quad was bothering him then, and he looked okay. Like the, he passed the eye test for me. Um, the but eye I, test. <laughs> but I truly, and and by the way, what we're losing in Russell Westbrook, let's just lay that out real quick. You're losing a guy who arguably had the best year of his career, and that's coming off the heels of three straight seasons of averaging a triple double, an MVP insane, season, and in, in that MVP insane. season, and this is an MVP season that's been made the case for also greatly over the last three or four months of the season. He's turned it up a notch. I think he's been the Rockets' best player for the last two months of the regular season. And what you're losing in him is an offensive low post threat that you've changed your team for. You're losing a guy who pushes the pace, which has transformed you from the previous two years of being a slower-paced ISO team. Um, And you're losing a guy who everyone said, hey, when it gets tough, push comes to shove, this is going to be the guy who puts James Harden in check and kind of like gets him going, right? He's a guy who's known him since they were kids. You're losing a lot of that. You gave up a lot for that, and you're losing that for this series that I think ultimately the Rockets can still pull out because you have the best basketball player in the world right now in James Harden playing out of his mind. Um, but you just have to hope uh, you know, he comes back at least a game or two, looks okay, and that you definitely have him for the second round. You don't want to gas James Harden going to the second round. I'm actually going to be scared because I think what you lose in Russell Westbrook is going to be huge, especially in this matchup against the OKC Thunder. We're looking at this low post threat, right? That the only, you have two offensive weapons, really. You have the Rockets game plan is very simple, in my opinion. It's James Harden looking to penetrate and get to the rim at, by beating his defender. And if he meets a low post threat, he kicks it out to an open shooter. Or it's James Harden playing with the ball 
step back three and that goes in and it's whenever the defense breaks down it usually ends up leading to an open man on three-point lines waiting That's around where we live and, die, and i think the problem is if you end up losing russell westbrook that other option that you had as a low post threat it goes the, away it's completely gone that's your only other method of actually gaining points in in the bucket in the paint is uh, other than a three-point shot other than james harden doing anything it's russ trying yeah. to dictate the paint and your I, lob threat's gone yeah and i think the problem with that then you also end up having is okay you've lost this and you still have steven adams in the paint just laying around there so i think that as bad as this as weird as it sounds i think that russell westbrook and uh steven adams like matchup that you could have had in the post i think that would have favored the rockets so much and i think you're losing that more than anything and you know as much as we've talked about uh westbrook being a low post threat i think he's also become a much more confident shooter he's still russell west brick unfortunately (laughs) but you know i would say that i think decision making has gone up 10 times fold and taking an open three is still probably one of the best shots in the nba that you can take you agree yeah, I. So, going over to the OKC side of things, man, I could talk about the Rockets for the rest of this podcast, and I think we still have some time to unpackage things. But Chris Paul, Chris Paul having a bounce back season, right? One he's of the, played I, incredibly well with that. I think that's disrespectful to even say bounce back, dude. Dude's never left. The point guard's been the point he, he's guard. He's had an man. incredibly well season and, with and, them. No, and I'm I'm excited to for, for this, bro. Former, uh, he played great with the Rockets. Unfortunately, injuries prevented him going forward. People thought he was going to be a bust. And he goes to a, a situation that everybody talked that he didn't want to play this whole year. He didn't want to end up doing anything for this team. He was checked out and comes in that for a team that had a 2% chance of making the playoffs, according to Las Vegas, comes in as a number five seed. Yeah. Identical record to the Houston Rockets, the team that traded him, right? Um, what's going to be interesting with him in this matchup in particular is I remember when he was with the Rockets and I saw a lot of this in OKC as well. The pick and rolls where the big guys would switch on him, and he would just he would make them look That's like easy, fools, dude. right? Putting Got the ball it. between their legs, spinning back, doing that step back in the corner that he patented. That mid range jumper he had anytime a big man was on him was just hundred percent. So, in every so time. who's who's the Houston big guy that's going to switch on to him? I think this is going to be, be really matchup. interesting to see. Uh, Chris Paul try this pick and roll switch matchup with like Jeff Green switching right. on him, or a guy like PJ Tucker switching on him. Guys who have the quick feet who can stay Just in front of keep guards. Up with them, yeah. So I think that favors Houston, but at the same time, the guy who worries me the most on OKC, Danilo Gallinari. Man, I think yeah, he's yeah. your game breaker. Last time he played Houston, he gave us a smooth twenty-six piece. I just remember him backing uh, the the posts and the guards down and shooting over PJ Tucker whenever he wanted. I think he's a guy that demands a double team and really can bust our ass yeah. with the pick and roll. I'm looking at that squad and I think that we're going to have, we talk about the same thing what you mentioned, right? Uh, of all of Chris Paul having to switch up on different defenders and then having the disadvantage against that. I think Gallo is the complete opposite that if you run a pick and roll with Gallo on the, on, on the corner of the three, or if you're looking at him at like the, at the pure uh, wing is if you run a pick and roll with him, who are you going to end up matching up for the Rockets, right? You'll end up probably with Eric Gordon half the time that ends up on uh, Delano Gallinari. Eric Gordon is six foot three and he's coming off an injury. Delano Gallinari is about 6'10", 6'11", with a J. And I think that's going to be ending up being a huge problem, again, from just lengthwise, especially for a guy who can shoot. And I think the other problem that you end up having as well is going to be Steven Adams, right? You're probably going to end up having P.J. Tucker on Steven Adams at most times. But then what happens when P.J. Tucker is going to have to switch on a smaller defender and Steven Adams gets the ball? I think that lob threat that we end up having a a deficiency for, I think OKC is going to have that 10 times over. And you can tell this to Daryl Morey in his face, and his answer is going to be, we're just going to shoot more threes than them. Threes, 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 threes. So it really is going to come down to that. Um, 
man, Houston, and we're all assuming Eric Gordon's going to be Eric Gordon. That's the X factor. I mean, I think everybody, that's the most cliche thing in the world. I hate calling Eric Gordon a cliche X factor, but I mean, I think he's that. He has been for like the day he's been in Houston. And he has to be that. Like, he has to end up being that. that. He's been, he's like showed up when we've needed him, especially against the the Warriors the last two times we played them. I think that, I think it's going to be huge, especially considering the fact that, hey, we're not going to have Russell Westbrook. We need somebody else on this team that can cross 20. All those corner threes, man. They better go in. Well, I think the problem that we're going to end up having is if we're going to have to end up relying on pj tucker to hit every corner three he gets the hand of and i'm having to score 20 right we're gonna have to end up having living or dying by the three and i think losing russell westbrook and losing that offensive threat in the low post you're gonna have to have on your t- be on your t if you're gonna be making these three point shots or in the medical field game five i'm assuming he should be back because I, I would want to play against my former team quad so like a strain quad can depending on how bad the strain is it can go anywhere from two to eight weeks. Oh. So he'll he'll definitely miss like a couple games. The good thing is on the optimistic side is they've said he's been dealing with this for the last like week and a half. And the Ro- the Rockets only had one game where he played during that stretch. So it's not like he's been playing on it and he needs to start over from scratch. I think he'll be out for half the series. Yeah. And I think the Rockets take this in six games. He'll miss the first three games of which. Rockets and six. Rockets and six. Yeah, wow. I think James Harden's just too much, man. The only like... So you don't think that sh- the the Shy Gilgis Alexander matchup and James Harden would be pretty good? I think a Shy matches up pretty well against James. Sure, I, I just don't think. Yeah, it, I don't think it matters. Like James Harden's transcended the level of the whatever defender you throw at him. They're double teaming the guy when he passes. Dude, he has court. way too That's many unreal. moves in his arsenal. Unbelievable. Are we are we expecting then Austin Rivers and uh, Eric Gordon to actually be on point when it comes to three point? I think I just need them as a good supporting cast, man. They just need to be there so, for the dish time out. out. The problem that I'm having here, and I, 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 by the way, I do believe the Rockets will win, but the main thing I'm scared about is if the Rockets in this situation have an off-shooting night, which is very possible, and we've seen this before, but if they have an off-shooting night for consistent games, I think it's fair to say they're going to lose those games. I, so <laughs> you're coming at this, and I've heard this argument before with this experiment they've run out there. You're coming at this from the standpoint that you don't think they just, they don't have enough playmakers, right? Like it's Harden and then who else is going to create for you? Exactly. I think just the fact that you have five guards slash wings, that in itself is a playmaker for you. Beating your guy off the dribble and having the defense break down and have that kick out option that's constantly there for you is its own sort of offense. I don't know if you guys noticed, Jeff Green's quietly become like this team's second playmaker. Very underrated player. Very underrated player. And it's kind of a sad statement, but it's a statement that shows Jeff Green wasn't known for his playmaking in Cleveland. He wasn't known Mm -hmm. for that in Utah. But this system that we have make it to where it's more conducive for these players who aren't known for playing in that role to have more of those opportunities because of the breakdown opportunities well, presented. And I completely agree with that argument. But I think the problem that I keep having here that I'm seeing from my end is that there's nobody else I see being that penetrating presence into the, the hole to generate that duality of offense, right? When I look at it from the shooters that we have, we have a multitude of shooters. I'd say probably four. There's all other four players on the court James Harden can pass the ball to, and I think they're a, a threat uh, on the on the edge. Line, yeah. I think that only having one sole penetrator trying kills to defuse, us. I don't want to say kills us, but I think that can be, uh, that. that's just an option. That's one less of a coaching game plan that somebody has that they can put on you for let me, six Let games. me give you what you want. James Harden's going to average over 44 points a game in this series. I bet. That's what you're going to have. Yeah. Okay. 40, and that's what you're going to need to win. You know this. He averaged like <laughs> yeah. 35, 36, 7 and 7 against the Warriors, the greatest team in NBA history on efficient shooting. The only team that stopped him on his quest to a championship. 
And the dude's balling at the end of the bubble here. Had a 40-piece near triple doubles. Another unbelievable season. One of three players in NBA history to have two 34-point-per-game seasons. Jordan and Wilt are the only other two. Um, Nice. OKC, when you compare them, the talent level, the pieces that they have to throw at Harden, to the other teams he's played, it's nothing. Harden's going to decimate this team. Who so what are we up? expecting? What are, we, are we expecting what? 40? What's your stat line that you predict on this series? At for? least 44 a game. He's going to go something like 44-8-8. Wow. and eight. Wow. So we're talking wow. historic. Like just This is going to be one of those arguments this that will we be have. One, yeah, this will be one of his iconic okay. moments Yeah, wow. against his former team. Wow. He's always played. Last time they played OKC in the playoffs, uh, the first round against Russell Westbrook, when Westbrook stole the MVP from Harden because of triple doubles. Um Harden went off. Harden averaged like 34 a game, and people just don't remember that, and they don't throw that on his resume. But I got Rockets in six simply because I think James Harden's going to be transcended, and I think Russell Westbrook returns at the end of this series. Wow. I, I I had the Rockets in seven. I think this is going to go seven. I think this is going to be a phenomenal series. I think we're going to see stars coming out of this series from OKC side of players that are going to step up and try to make a challenge for James Harden. So I see Dan, uh, Danilo Gallinari having a big game. I see Shai Gilgis Alexander having a big game, and I see a bounce back game for Chris Paul as well. Exactly. I had Rockets it's in seven as well i don't think chris paul is gonna let us have it that easily there's no way this is basically his revenge game in a sense so dude there's no way yeah chris paul's personality is, reminds yeah. me of that of somebody like gary payton like one of those guards in the in the 90s they just that, don't want to lose man yeah especially with what they got they don't want to lose but yeah i think a seven game series i think so dang dude we started both our four or five series in the east and west at seven game series or six, seven four, five, four or five is always the best matchup yeah. right Good i matchups. agree very close in competition you're pretty much playing with like usually a game between you guys so you're, yeah, you're most close at this point. So four fives are always really fun. All right, what's next, Vela? Where are we going? The Eastern. Let's go back to let's the Eastern to Conference. East. All right, let's go with uh, a disappointing team and a surprising team. We got the 76ers and the Boston Celtics. I think we got a little dichotomy here of a team that people thought was going to take a step back in the Boston Celtics, who've been surprising with the Kemba Walker experience. And really, a, I think one of two threats to come out of the East. Um, and then you've got the 76ers, who I think have been the bubble's most disappointing team. I, I, I think this. I, I think they're going to have to blow it up after this year. This is just. This is not going to get you a championship in the East, considering that Giannis is getting better and the, the Celtics are getting much yeah, better. Yeah, you're just losing your well. chances every year as they go by, man. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't. I couldn't agree more with you, Vala. I think the 76ers just a horrible joke of a franchise currently. <laughs> Jeff Bezos, man, if you're hearing us. Yeah, maybe the 76ers could be a team. 76ers that would be a good well. pick, too. But no, the cheesesteaks are all good. But I agree. I think the main thing I'm looking at this from from your, from you guys' perspective right now is whenever I'm looking at the 76ers, it's just sad to see the amount of talent that's on yeah. this team and just them performing in this I way. I feel like they just don't know how to work well together. Yeah, and I, I think we're going to end up seeing a, a blockbuster trade after the season involving the Philadelphia 76ers. I think Bradley Beal is going to end up being a, uh, a 76er very soon. Um, wow. I, I, yeah, I see that a mile away. Who do the 76ers give up? Do you want to build around Joel Embiid or Ben Simmons? Uh, if I'm if I'm building right now, Joel Embiid. Wow. I still think I, I still think Embiid has a lot of talent. That he has more do. potential. Can he stay healthy, man? Yeah, that's, and I think that's the, and that's the main thing. I see Ben Simmons, man, and I, I, I'm just still not sold on Ben Simmons. I think the first couple of years I kept looking at him like, all right, this guy's potential, this guy's potential, but he really doesn't have jump shot. And I don't think, and I think what he's trying to do, he's trying to mimic Embiid like Giannis, but Giannis is just so much more dominant. And Giannis mm-hmm. has actually like developed a three-point 
shot. For, and, you know, they've been in the league for for a similar amount of time, I would say. that, And, you know, I would say Ben Simmons has had more development than Giannis as well. But he's not as athletic as Giannis. He can't get to the paint as hard as Giannis can. And he has no jump shot. No jump shot. And, yeah. and, like, absolutely none. After being in years with yeah. the league. Like, at least with Blake Griffin, he was slowly developing I mean, he got so much it. shit for it for years and years on end. Can I, I, can I just give you all uh, Simmons' base stats real quick? This kind of surprised me. 16 points a game, 8 assists, 8 rebounds, 58% from the field. Yeah, that's all, really good. Yeah, the only thing he does is he's he's a point guard who's six foot eight, six foot nine, gets to the rim at will. That's it. And and they built a team that does not cater to his talents. You know, I don't think he's a good pair with Joel Embiid. I, yeah, I think one of them has to go. And unfortunately, I think it's going to end up being Ben uh, Ben, ben Simmons. Simmons. I think he's I had so. with the knee surgery that he decided to go with here, missing the playoffs. I think the signs have been clear that he's been unhappy there. Um, a lot of key suitors. You think he's the one that yeah. ends up going? Ben Simmons for, for I think Ben Sim, Ben Simmons for Bradley Beal makes That's the most sense because I think th- I'm looking at other players that would garner the same amount of market value, but I think there's still a lot of value for Bradley Beal, uh, a two guard that can shoot lights out and give you thirty oh, yeah. any night. And I think that's what you need with the Joel Embiid. Ben Simmons and John Wall, though? John Wall's going to have to come back, and you're not trading that Yeah, contract. and I think John Wall, I think coming back would be good. Hey, John Wall, transition to being a spot-up shooter, right? And I think that's exactly what you're going to end up needing if you have a Ben Simmons. If Ben Simmons is going to be able to penetrate to the rim, that gives John, John Wall the ability to end up being a 40%-plus shooter. Be the next Kyrie. Like, if you've if it was a knee injury, right? If you've lost some of the, you know, the height, yeah, the, yeah, some of the fast, you know, He's going to lose agility. explosivness, yeah, his speed. Yeah, exactly. So just transition to being a solid uh, three-point shooter, and now you have What's somebody in Ben threat? Simmons. That's yeah. In, exactly yeah. and you're not gonna have to do all the penetration going into the rim all the time you have ben so simmons there yeah oh god yeah you don't need <laughs> you don't need to get to the rim and direct it the hole at any time you need to john wall is going to be there for you for you to be able to learn to shoot so yeah john wall transition game being a shoot shooter do what every great point guard's done so yeah I, the sixers super disappointing um I, i'm kind of done with them but the boston celtics man on the flip side of that they've been i think one of the more impressive teams putting this all together uh, a lot of guys developing on the scene jason tatum he looked bad initially but i think he's going to get back he's getting to, there he's getting he's getting back getting to his, his groove form, on uh, and had one of the really most awesome burst out onto the scene season before the quarantine happened you've got him jalen brown i love jalen brown he's, he's 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 fucking awesome i, I, I think jalen brown low-key is kind of like a daryl amori type steel trade 100 i think yeah. i think J- jalen if he had more opportunity uh, and more touches, I think he's waiting to bust out 100%. onto the scene as well. I think he's a better defender than Jason Tatum, and I think that his step-back game is actually more deadly than Jason Tatum. I think the only thing with Tatum over Brown is that uh, Tatum can get to the rim a lot easier, and I think Brown's a better shooter and a better 3 and D guy, and I think he has a lot more fit in this league. Huge fan of Jason uh, of Jalen Brown. I couldn't agree more with you, and he's, what, 23 years old? Yeah, he's That's a baby. crazy. 23 years old, averaging 20 points, 6 and 2 on pretty 48% from the field, 38% from three. He's he's waiting for that opportunity. If Maury could somehow snag him, I don't know what would you, you do. Would, a, would you do a Jalen Brown for a Russell Westbrook trade right now if you were if knowing that you still have Jalen Brown in this baby contract? Oh, that's tough. This is it. Like, this is it for James yeah. Harden. These next three years, I don't think I would do it. Really? No, I, I, I think prime Westbrook with. Yeah, right you now. still got two years of prime Westbrook, which is more than what Brown's going to give you in the next two years. Sure, it's the better investment down the road, no doubt. Um, but this is it You're for James Harden. You owe it to now, him huh? to try to go for it. Yeah. That's fair. So I would say, I would say this. I'm looking at somebody that I would end up wanting next to James Harden, like a young buck. Bro, I'm thinking legit. If I was gonna have one person, I would love to see Kristaps on this team. I would love to see Kristaps Porzingis on the Houston Rockets. 
just a guy that we've always wanted a seven footer that can shoot. Oh. And Chris Stops would be the answer to that. I could drop 30, 40 any night and so have James Harden right there. perfectly into our system. Well, Luca and Chris Stops can do. I'm sorry, James Harden is head and shoulders above Luca right now. And I think Luca, I think James Harden and Chris Stops could just, oh my God, I don't even league right there. Think about that, uh, that first season, the Rockets, when they lost Dwight Howard. And it was Harden, Ryan Anderson, and Eric Gordon were our big three, so to speak. I remember like, it was either a pick and roll with Capella or a pick and pop with Anderson, yep. and those two plays were money. Bro, you have Kristaps Porzingis. Both. That's two <laughs> the for biggest one. Biggest pop you gonna get, dude. Pick and roll, he can slam on dudes oh, like we've seen in the yeah. bubble. He's a lob threat as a seven footer, or pick and pop. He'll hit a thirty footer in stride. Forty percent three point shooter, he can mm-hmm. be easily. Like you, this guy would be the full package. You could have you have two guys that can just have dynamic pieces of offense. Uh, by God, what a tangent! <laughs> yeah, no, right. Talk about tangents. For we days. went from the Celtics to Chris Stapps Porzingis. It's because the Celtics have a lot of white guys too. So. Pretty much, but the Celtics look good, man. I they think look I'm looking at depth on the Celtics too. What we got, uh, Kyrie, uh, Kyrie Irving. We got Kemba Walker. <laughs> oh man, flashbacks. Kemba Walker, I think, has been a solid surprise this year. I thought that he wouldn't transition into being so well for yeah, those really Celtics so quickly. Be that great, but man, he's he's surprised. Yeah, no, I, I thought he's good. His knees looking good, and he's feeling good. Yeah, no, I thought the whole thing that he was going to have was good. he's going to have to have like, I thought it was going to be similar to Gordon Hayward where he'd need like a year to transition well into the team, but he was a perfect fit yeah. since the get-go. And I thought personally this year he fit better than Kyrie ever did yeah, with the Celtics. Absolutely. absolutely. I, and I think that's what a lot of people underestimated is they, they the Celtics were better without Kyrie Irving. So it's not like they swapped Irving they and just Kemba Walker. They just added a piece in Kemba Walker, right? And he's taking them to another level. But Nabil, you said depth. Four guys on this team average at least 18 a game. That's wow. Kemba Walker. Wow. We mentioned Jalen Brown. Uh, their leading scorer, Jason Tatum. And you still have Gordon Hayward. Gordon, yeah. You Gordon. have a former superstar cornerstone piece for the Utah Jazz. Isn't that crazy? We were talking about that Gordon Hayward contract was going to be a complete waste. And I think, you know, he's come back healthy. Dude, he's yeah, looked man. very good, too. Gordon Hayward, very he's underrated. A good investment. Very underrated defender as well. Great, great low post finisher for somebody who's like who's a, a wing. And a, like he's good money in the mid-range. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, I think you have everything covered, too, if you're looking about balance, right? You have your, your wing... Uh, covered with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, guys who can shoot. You have your low post prep taken with Gordon Hayward, and you have another guy who can create his own shot and uh, Kemba Walker. So this team is constructed perfectly. I, so I don't see any. What's weakness. the series looking like, Nabil? What you got? I got I got Boston five. I, Boston I think, in five. I, I got yeah. I got. Nice, I, I nice. think Philly's going to end up winning one at home. I think they're going to sneak one up. Uh, but uh, and I think Joel Embiid's too good of a talent not to win one and get swept. But I, I think that this is going to be a, no a piece of cake. For I got Boston, Boston in six. Wow! Really? Yeah. Doesn't go that long. Philly two games. I'm giving two games. No it's Ben the, Simmons. It's the it's this bubble. I'm so they're gonna win two at home, or what do you think? Are they gonna win one? I mean, it doesn't matter anyway. But like, <laughs> trying to think like, oh, they're gonna win on the road. Yeah, home fans though. Oh my god, virtual. Yeah. So do you really think you're gonna end up winning two? Two. Okay, that's fair. Uh, Y'all better so not let me down, man. Celtics sweep. Uh, I think Celtics sweep. sweep this in four. Yeah. Too much depth, a well-disciplined team, well-coached team. The coach for the Sixers, Brett Brown, always out-coached. He's not, I, I think he's a horrible X and O's guy. Uh, he's missing one of his key pieces. I think the Celtics sweep them in four. Wow. Yeah, so I think we all have Celtics in like a unanimous vote over here. Damn, what's next? So who do you got? We have the 3-6 matchup in the West? We're back in the West Who's now. the 3-6 in the West? Uh, what is that? It's going to be Utah and Denver, I believe, or what? I think so yeah yeah utah denver right yeah so i think this is gonna be a good matchup too um 
to one of the most overrated teams in in the West and Utah Jazz, in my opinion. Consistently overrated, yeah. And uh, the Denver Nuggets, who we're talking about depth as well, up-and-coming team with that has probably one of the brightest futures I'm looking at in the NBA. I think an up-and-coming dynasty. Oh, I agree. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. If they could retain all this talent that they have right now, there's no reason that this team could be something as close to, I think, a, a Warriors-like team yes. if they could add one more piece. Thank you for saying this. So we can come back to the Jazz. I don't think they need to be the talked jizz. about. No. no one's excited to hear about that pissy franchise. Oh. Um, but for the Nuggets, yeah. bro, the most the bubble rookie of the year, and he's on the second All-NBA team for the bubble, and low-key, my most surprising player outside of T.J. Uh, Warren has been the guy I've been waiting to see hoop, yeah. Porter Jr. Mike Porter Jr. has been a monster. Smooth, monster. efficient, 27, 7-7 seven and seven yeah. as a rookie I'm, yeah. I remember for a team vying for playoff season. Are you kidding me? I remember when he was coming out That's of college, amazing. the problem that he had that he was injured and nobody wanted to wait for you know him to come into his own, but... The Nuggets did it. They waited a couple of years for him to get healthy, Unreal. and now he's healthy and he's, off, is, he's his own. Yeah, bro, you have Jamal Jamar Murray, monster point himself. guard who's still young and developing. Underrated, so underrated. Underrated, twenty point gives you a playmaker about eight assists a game, six rebounds clutch. a game. Clutch. Can we not forget how clutch, clutch this guy is? Clutch three point shooter can create for you. Run the pick and roll with the big guy. Be an off the ball shooter. Um, just he he was your Robin to Jokic as your Batman. And speaking of Jokic, dude. one of the most talented centers we've seen in the one last twenty years man, of basketball. Dude. I think one we have a guy that's going to end up changing the dynamic of a center in this league. This is the first time we've seen a point center. Yeah. Easily the best passing center I've ever seen in my of all time. I love that of dude. all time. And, and I remember watching Vlade Divac run that Sacramento offense. That was phenomenal as well. But I'm looking at Jokic, and Jokic I think can end up leading the league in assists one year, and yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. This guy is phenomenal. Seven feet tall. Has the footwork of a guard, has the low has post the vision presence of Tom Brady. Out yeah, here, dude, man. He's has the low post presence of any good center that would be required. Can shoot the ball. This guy's the perfect package. I, I see it sooner than later that he ends up winning league MVP. So you got those two. Now, <laughs> let's go a little further in their depth before we introduce this six foot ten monster oh, that's God. bustled onto the scene here. <laughs> um, you still have uh, what's his name? Gary Harris is the Gary other Harris guard is there. still like, giving you a solid fifteen. Solid fifteen a game, efficient guy, athletic young guard. You have Will Barton, a long, stretchy three and D guy who's also athletic. At any night can give you twenty a game. Um, and then you add six foot ten Michael Porter Jr. The length, the depth, the playmaking capabilities of this team. I think they're about a year away from being the next Warriors. No, I, oh, man. I, I, so I'll ask you this, Paul. Do you think they're going to sign another piece to this team? Because if we look at the salary cap, a lot of these guys are on their rookie contracts and nobody yeah. signed like a massive contract. Yeah. This, and I, I feel this is going to be similar to what we had in Boston, where Boston had all that cap space mm -hmm. to be able to sign Gordon Hayward to a $35 million contract as well and bring in Kyrie Irving. So I see these guys bringing in a superstar for a year or two, maybe. Yeah, they have some contracts to move around, too. Paul Millsap, he's yeah. still... I mean, Paul Millsap's on that. I forgot to even mention him. Are you kidding me? Wow. He's another 
unbelievable talent who's playoff tested. Yeah. Um, Jeremy Grant. We forgot about Jeremy Jeremy Grant. Grant. A guy I I always wanted. Jeremy Grant would have been a perfect piece in Houston, by the way. Um, We definitely should have dished out a first round pick. Still got Mason Plumlee's on that team. So for depth as well, you had Uh, Malik Beasley. I mean, I'm glad we don't play this team in the playoffs. I I think that's the worst matchup for the Houston. You have like, didn't they have like a, they had like a game. I remember when they put like all seven footers out, like Bobo was playing as well. Like, yeah. And you had him like that's, I mean, this was a team team that was a top seed in the west just a couple years ago and you let's keep that team the same and add a six foot ten guy who gives you 27 seven and seven can be a playmaker can play off the ball can shoot the three at a high efficient rate uh can slash to the rim is athletic i I mean seriously yeah just bringing this core back next year i think they're a 60 win team you add a superstar nabil yeah that's a wrap yeah no i agree and and i'm looking at some of these free agents and i see why wouldn't a free agent want to take a one-year max deal and go win a championship with denver i think for if you're looking at reputation this would be phenomenal because the denver duggars haven't won one yet and that superstar comes in and just says yeah i'm gonna take over for a year i'm gonna do it for me yeah that'll look that'll look so good for your legacy from a legacy perspective i think this would be a lot better than if you're going to a 70 something team like win team the warriors and try and do something like that. Yeah. So I mean, out Kevin Durant right yeah, now? I mean, fuck okay. Kevin fucking Just Durant. Sure. Snakes. Oh my god. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think Michael Porter Jr. is the bubble rookie of the year. Wow. I think he's he's primed to have a superstar breakout year next year if he can stay healthy. No, I agree. Which he's looked great. Uh, I got the Nuggets winning the series. Do y'all want to like just give a little short whatever to we the don't Jazz? Even have to uh, the most overrated shooting guard in the league in Donovan Mitchell. You you will never be Dwayne Wade. So quit even remotely trying to compare yourself to that. Please, yeah. that's and disrespectful. You, you were the failure face of Team USA. It, yeah, this past you are. Please do not ever compare yourself to D Wade and uh, Rudy Gobert, who's literally gotten destroyed by Clint Capella. Clint Capella earned his contract by destroying Rudy Gobert every year. So yeah, Rudy Gobert. Just because you're a defensive monster in the paint, you're. I'm sorry, you're really not that of an offensive threat mike conley i mean the pickup was supposed to be nice and clean but mike conley what have you really done as a shooter from what this team's really and mike good? conley just left the bubble today wow yeah he left the bubble wow. for a family matter so he's when if he tests negative every day that he's away when he gets back he has to quarantine for four days and if he's still negative he can come back so he's gonna miss a few playoff games yeah so I, i'm sorry like if if this rockets team which i thought at that time when they played utah wasn't at its best even remotely trying to come in and you're gonna throw this team with just multiple seven footers I, I just i don't see this as a good matchup for the jazz i think the i think this takes uh, their whole team back to the drawing board and trying to recondition it finding out if donovan mitchell and rudy gobert can coexist I think there's going to be a year from they realize a lot about themselves that they're really not as good as they think they are, and I think they end up losing this real bad. Yeah, and you know they're missing their second best scorer in Bogdanovich. Yeah. I think he gave them a lot. Really that they good were player. missing in years mm-hmm. past. Missing him, losing Conley for those first few games, and then matching up against I think uh, a really unlucky matchup for anyone in the first round being the Denver Nuggets. Yeah, I, I've got Denver winning this in five games. I think Mitchell Mitchell gets hot in Ingles and the shooters they have out there. Uh, I think they can steal one. Uh, but I think this is going to be a pretty handed series for the Nuggets. Sweep. I agree. I go, I go, let's go. You sweep. got a sweep. I got a sweep wow. going. I really think that they the Denver the comes in right strong. now. In it's not hatred. I just I genuinely think that they're going to come out like it's going to be bad. And I think we're going to go back to the drawing board here and realize that this team needs to be reconstructed. If you need, if you want to make Donovan Mitchell the centerpiece of your freaking offense, you got to have more space. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You got to add more around him. And I think that this, you know, I think Gobert is really not going to work. I think Gobert ends up actually leaving. And I think the, I think the. Jack 
Jazz go back to drawing board and go small ball too. I think they're going to take a piece from the Houston Rockets and go small ball. So yeah, I, I see this as a total disaster for the Jazz, and I see this as an, a good warm up for the Denver Nuggets. Sweep. Nice. All right. Next up. Back to the East, Nabil. Who we got? Damn, dude. So we're what? We got the three six out in the East. You want to go one eight real quick? Yeah, let's go. Oh hell yeah, let's go one eight. <laughs> Magic Bucks sweep. Bucks win. Yes, no, there's no question. <laughs> right. You can just go over with that. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's cool. Too. The Magic, cool. Like, you guys are in the playoff hunt. And but come on, look who you're playing. Good good for you, Mark Fultz. A guy everyone yeah. thought was a bust. First pick to the Sixers over Mark over uh, Jason Tatum and some other great, talented uh, guys that he went over. He's the starting point guard on the team in the playoffs out east. And it's you know, working for him, man. Nice I just little, don't think the 76ers were a good fit. Yeah, and... and toxic situation you've got another ball dominant guy in simmons it's not going to work out but he's doing his thing you know he's he had a nice little bounce back season the magic has some good pieces jonathan isaac acl tear that was sad man man i I I thought he had a really bright future that's going to send him back a ways but again the magic just aren't there yet they got a lot of nice pieces that i think they can make a move with in the summer but uh, this is going to be a pretty easy series for the Bucks. Just too much talent. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree more, man. I think though, I think though, the Magic do have a very nice ceiling, and I think these players are going to be really nice in a couple of years. So, shout out to the Magic, man. I think y'all did a good job in trying to uh, build from the ground up, and I think y'all can have something. I think y'all can be something like uh, the uh, like the Nuggets of the West with just homegrown talent trying to grow with it. So, good luck to that. But yeah, I think the the combination of Giannis and Chris Middleton is too much for and for honestly anybody in this league, but definitely for the Magic. So, I mean, I think what do you want to transgress back into the West then? One eight for the West. Ooh! Oh my God, this is gonna be fun. The goat, LeBron James, Ugh. playing up against the play-in champions, the Portland Trailblazers. Man, Portland looked good. I think Portland. We're talking about teams getting hot right now. I think mm-hmm. Portland is the hottest team in the league right now. After all the momentum they have going into the playoffs. that's what I was telling Vala, man. It's going to be a very exciting series, especially watching Dame play in the bubble. So unbelievable. We're talking. We we love talking about legacies. I think this year is going to define Damian Lillard's legacy. I, I think you know mm-hmm. if we're talking. We gonna. This is when I think we're going to look at Dame and say, "All right, Dame, are we going to remember you ten to fifteen years from now, or are you going to be a complete afterthought?" And I think if he can beat the Lakers in the first round, I think he can etch himself in history, similar to that Warriors team uh, against the number one seeded uh, Mavericks that ended up doing that. And I think this Lakers team has so much more hype behind it. So if Dame could do this, and he has a squad, mind you, and I think there's a good storyline in this too. Uh, Carmelo Anthony and LeBron James, are we going to forget about that matchup coming into the West as well? Yeah. I think, you know. Carmelo's been looking really nice, man. He's been looking really nice. Yeah. I think you're going to have a really nice matchup here. And I think the main thing I'm also looking at is what scoring is this Lakers team going to have outside of Anthony Davis and LeBron James? You got to hope Dion Waiters gives you a little something. <laughs> it's a sad, sad <laughs> statement. Couldn't even say it with a straight face, with a straight man. Face. Kuz, <laughs> um, Kuz is not consistent, bro. Kuzma, you got to hope he gives you a little something here. JaVale McGee. Shout out, stepping up, man. Kuzma's been stepping up. I but can you say consistent man. for that? Nah, for I, can't, I, can't, I, I can't give you that. I look at Portland right now. They got four guys yeah. that are, can, are hot right now. Nurkic had 20 and 20 in the playoff in the play-in game, and he looks great. Melo just found the fucking fountain that you or found a system where he can just be a pick and pop player and drop you 15 20 cj mccollum can we talk about this guy for a little bit man spinal by god dude like i have i i was underestimating this man this guy is an assassin i think that this lillard and mccollum combination can be really nice in the playoffs and i think mccollum's trying to come into his own as a 25 point per game guy and i don't know what else there is to say about damian lillard that hasn't been said 
Dude, Damian Lillard, this is low-key one of the most impressive point guard seasons I've ever seen in my entire life. He's averaging 30 points a game on 46% from the field, 40% from three on 10 attempts a game. Are you fucking kidding me? What the? Damn. What? What point guard's ever had this kind of scoring output with this efficiency? Uh, Steph Curry, maybe, but even then, like, we're looking at this We're talking about all-time greats. Yeah. Yeah, we're at that era now. And I mean, I think that Dame has finally finally proved it. I mean, dude, the dude's pulling up from the logo and Jang things. Like, we're talking about unlimited range. This is range we haven't seen since Prime Steph Curry. Like, you gotta three, honestly ago. be on him as soon as he crosses that line. Dude. He's that type of monster. And I, I think this is the year, and I think Dame is very smart, and he's fully self-aware of the situation that he is in his legacy. He's had some phenomenal moments. I think all of us, unfortunately, remember the place and time that he had that shot over Chandler Parsons. Uh, mm-hmm. back for yeah, you, it's, it was, I think we are all scarred, so fuck off, Dame Lillard. I hate you for giving me these nightmares for years and obviously just last year the j over paul george that caused all of this bad shot uh, by god it was a bad shot but hey it's dame shooting it so it went in but we have both these shots and, and is he gonna be remembered for this or does he end up beating the lakers uh, man I, I i see this as a bad matchup on very a, bad matchup for, for the lakers a horrible matchup for their the backcourt depth decimated destroyed who do they have in the backcourt right now it was supposed to be rondo and bradley but that didn't happen that's that would have been a nice combination that would have been nice yeah shout, a, nice shout out one of my aggie co-workers uh jenna krantz one of the rns out there doing big things with the shout with the work you, life um you got what's his name the white guy caruso yeah, the white guy. The, the white guy. guy. That's very. Good look guy. at the depth presented to you on your, <laughs> not your weekly sports pod. Yeah, we got the white guy out there scoring some points. He puts the ball in the hole. Oh no, but Caruso. He's he, gonna, you know, he's athletic guy. Gives. He's more of like a fire fire plug off the bench. But yeah, when he's one of your main backcourt guys, it's going to be tough to <laughs> throw that at arguably the best backcourt in the NBA behind the Rockets. No, I, I couldn't agree more. And I think CJ McCollum is coming into his own. And I think this makes it from a defensive standpoint for LeBron. LeBron, what are you going to do? Are you yeah, going to be on need- Melo? Are you going to be switching yeah. on Dame? Like, this is this is a lot of pressure on Braun now to be able to have to And, and Braun hasn't, you know, say what you will, what, whatever your conspiracy theory is, Braun hasn't <laughs> looked like Braun. No, he His last, not. like, week or two in the bubble. No. A lot of people are saying, well, he's saving it for playoff Braun. Maybe. It could be true. Um, I'm not going to bet against him until I see him not show up in the playoffs. Um, <laughs> but I'm just saying, at the same time, with Damian Lillard, this is a guy who got fucking swept by the Warriors, yeah. a Durantless Warriors team that the Rockets took to six with Kevin Durant. You know, Damian Lillard, for all the moments and highlight moments he's had, he hasn't had that playoff success no, yet. No. And I, I don't know. I don't see it happening here simply because he's going up against the GOAT who's on a mission. Playoff experience honestly beats him at it, dude. LeBron has it, and like you said, his game in the playoff is definitely different from his regular season game. Yeah, I see the biggest matchup as Le- whoever LeBron, like Melo LeBron, because I, I don't see any lot of other players. Or sorry, probably going to be Gary Trent Jr. and LeBron. Yeah. Um, you know, if I'm going to be able to see that, then I think that I think LeBron is going to eat him alive. Uh, I think it's going to be an offensive output of just Braun versus Dame and CJ because I think Nurkic and Anthony Davis are going to cancel each other out. Really? I do. I, I do. Cancel I, each other. Anthony Davis, dude? I'm still, I'm still transcendent talent. Good. Bro, I'm, yeah, still, I'm still saying he's going to have like 20 and 10. Like, I'm not saying he's 20 gonna, and 10? He's averaging think, like 30 and 15. No, nah, dude. I, I see, I don't know. I see Nurkic averaging about 17 and 17 on him as he's well. He's having a good season. So, I, and I see Nur- and Nurkic wasn't there for them last year, which is a big change in their circumstances. Mm-hmm. 
Anthony Davis, this is like this is what they got him for. Is no, this this, this moment is the reason. Right here. I, and I, I think this series is LeBron's series to end up coming out and showing that he's still there. I think that Anthony Davis doesn't have his best um, his best series, but I say that LeBron probably has his best series that he has in a while in this series. I see LeBron going out and having an all time series to pretty much bring bring back that he's back. He's never left. This is his year to claim. So uh, I see this going as a tough series. I see this as going six games. I see Lakers and Lakers six. Lakers and six? I see Lakers and six. Yeah, Lakers and six. I had Lakers and six as well. Yeah. Uh, Dame, I think this is going to be a great time, but I think y'all are probably... I, I wish y'all were healthy. I, I wish y'all had Trevor Ariza. I, I wish that y'all still ended up having... Um, who's the other white center? That's uh, <laughs> There we go, right? The most politically correct show over here, man. Uh, but you guys are missing a healthy team. I think Rodney Hood's also missing on this team. Yeah, so, yeah Rodney Hood. So I, I think, you know, once you have a healthy team, I think we could see y'all back into fruition next year. And I think that can lead to another conversation. But Lakers are too good. No, nah, you know what, Dame? Prove us wrong, man. We counted you I out see already. It. Prove yeah. us wrong. I want to see it. It's going to be so exciting. I think everybody can... Is, can Everybody's with you on this yeah, one. Everybody other than Skip Bayless wants to root on the, the Damian Lillard. And, and I think and, Dame... And you know what, Dame? Like, this is what you live for. Yeah, right? Dame you time. This is your to, time. You live to surprise... Three unathletic Middle Eastern guys <laughs> sitting on their asses watching your game from the couch. So sh- prove us wrong. Show up and really define your legacy here. Yeah, no, I agree. Dame, prove us wrong, man. Let's let's see Blazers in seven. So, man, we got that's one eight done. That's one eight done on either side. I think this takes us down to two seven. Two seven. Raptors yeah. Nets. You. Do we uh, even really? Uh, talk about the yeah, I don't think I don't think either of these teams can do anything really? in the playoffs. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not sleeping on the Raptors or anything. They just don't have the talent. You know, they, they're well coached. They've got good pieces. Championship pedigree. Kyle Lowry is still Mr. Toronto. But without Kawhi Leonard, come on. Uh, yeah, Siakam I, can't be the sole focus be, of the yeah. defense. I see, I see the Raptors winning this handedly. Yeah, they're going to win I this. Got them for like sure. yeah, like, I'm a huge, I, I'm a huge fan of the Raptors. I, I think I've always been high on the Raptors. But I think this team last year showed me as well that there's a lot more than Kawhi Leonard on this team. I think Spicy P came out a lot oh, last yeah. year. No, I no. think uh, Norman Powell has been phenomenal. OG Ananobi has come out of nowhere and just become a 3 and D baller for this team. You got a consistent center stable piece. Yeah, Marcus Marcus All, dude. Marcus Saul's still there. Fred Van, Van Vliet was a uh, was a dynamite for yeah. this team last year, and I see him still continuing. And this year, he gave you eighteen and seven. Yeah. The team is de- deep, bro. Not to mention the Mister Toronto himself, Kyle Lowry. Kyle like, Lowry. So, I mean, I think this team is deep, and I think this team can, yeah, is going to go deep into the playoffs. I really see this happening. But I see this, you know, again, uh, the Nets have nobody. I'm sorry. The Nets, you all need to get healthy. Karis LeVert is nice, right? Karis LeVert is yeah, very nice. Very nice. He's um, a hooper. Oh, my God. That team's going to be stacked next year. But Jared Allen is probably one of the few centers in the league that's adapting well and still making his mark left here as well. One of the last cent- one of the last players in the NBA who looks like he could be on the cover of NBA Street. <laughs> With that hair, man. Oh, my yeah. God. NBA Street Volume 2, I think of that guy right there. Yes. Yeah, that guy. I can't remember his name, but yeah. But yeah, no, I, I think they're missing a healthy KD and a healthy Kyrie Irving for next year, meshed with Spencer Dinwiddie and Karis LeVert. Uh, I think that's going to be a really be a nice good team, team next But yeah, I see a sweep. Uh, I, I, I don't see the Nets winning one over here. I the, think yeah, the, Net, the Nets are my, they're my pick to win the East next year, but... Wow. Yeah, one year too soon. Uh, how many games do y'all have this over in? Raptors? Man, I got sweep. Raptors in five. Sweep? Sweep. I don't see the Nets winning. Nabil's got them in a sweep. I got them in five, man. Chef's got them in five. Eh. Yeah, I just, I, if Dinwiddie's not playing, I don't see the Nets having enough firepower to take a game. Uh, and the, I just have to take the Raptors in four. I think yeah. it's a sweep. Sweet. Ra- yeah, championship pedigree. Raptors have all their p- key pieces. They're a Nick very Nurse. dynamic, potent 
offensive attack, uh, and they're well coached. Yeah. They have the former coach of the year, so I got the Raptors. Yeah, I agree more, uh, and I think that brings us what to the two seven on the West. Uh, I think the main thing that we look into the West for the two seven as well is, dude, Clippers Mavs. I think this is going to be a fun series. Uh, I think this is actually going to be one of those uh, sleeper series that we see Luca come out and have a good matchup. But this Clipper team's a stack, dude. I think this Clippers team was meant to challenge the Lakers. The Lakers team, yeah. And win uh, and take them deep. Paul George is no slouch. Dude was number three in MVP voting last year. Kawhi. I, it's I, just Kawhi, dude. That's the clue. Kawhi, in my opinion, last year showed that he was the best player in the league, not named LeBron since LeBron wasn't there. But I think Kawhi this year, I think Kawhi has something to prove about Giannis and calling Giannis the new big thing. I think Kawhi is still that. And, you know, Kawhi, Paul George mixed with Lou Williams, but that's too much. Yeah. I mean, you got two guys coming off the bench that give you 18 a game. That's sickening. And then you've got the finals MVP, Kawhi Leonard. He's looking good. Paul George, people were scared about injuries with him. He's come back and looked great. He dropped a 40-piece in the bubble. Um, yeah, they, I think the Clippers, they they always scared me the most as a Rockets fan if we're full power, ready to go, just because of the depth that they have at different positions. You want wing talent? You have two of the best wings in the entire league. Two Kawhi. best wing Kawhi, defenders yeah. in the league. Yeah, easily. defenders and offenders. Oh, easily. Offenders. Off- <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be some innuendo for something. Offenders. So you've got that. You've got backcourt, unbelievable backcourt talent. You have a dog in Patrick Beverly we who's going to make your life mm-hmm. miserable. I don't think anybody in Houston has anything bad to say about I, Patrick I will I love never the guy, dude. hate watching yes. him play. Whether love it's the guy. You will never hear us. something bad about me about from you, Mr. Patrick Beverly. I promise yeah. you. Um, and then you got Lou Williams, you know, six girlfriends. Uh, he balances that and 30 pieces and giving you 18 a game off the most bench underpaid consistent. player in the league. Steve by Ball- far. Yeah, what a contract. Yeah. Man. Steve Ballmer. You finessed my man over there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then you still got other pieces, man. You got Marcus Morris giving you double digits. Landry Shamet giving you efficiency off the bench. Huge fan of Ivanka Ev- uh, Zubac as well. Yeah. They have a, a wing player that I really wish we could have stole from them. Jermichael Green oh, is nice. one of their he's like nice. three and D four nice. or five. I think he would have been a solid four or five for us. Um, so a lot of pieces to throw. I think the Clippers win this one. But let's talk about the Mavericks real quick before we get into that. They're one yeah. of the more exciting, another one of the up and coming teams in the West. Man, huge fan of the Mavericks right now. I think again we talked about Kristaps Porzingis, uh, very underrated. At one point it was called a unicorn, and the you unicorn. see that this year for the re- for a reason. For the reason why. And Luka Doncic, man, what is what else Jeez. is there to say about this guy? Jeez. This guy, if we're looking at best two years of players coming into the league, Luka's having a better first two years in the league than LeBron was statistically he's speaking. He's averaging twenty nine nine and nine. As a That's as a sophomore, this is supposed to be a sophomore slump, and he's giving you nearly thirty a game, giving you like ten rebounds and ten assists. These guys going to give you triple doubles, going 30, 10, and ten in the most efficient way in the world. This guy, this guy's the limit for this kid. So, do you see him giving him Paul George and Kawhi any trouble? I, I see that, but I think that I think I think the claw is too much. I think he's too young. I think I think Luca is twenty years old, and I think the claw is in, in his prime right now. Paul George is in his prime as well, consistently speaking. Uh, I think I, I think both them have, especially Ka- Kawhi, has the pe- championship pedigree to push this team over. I think quite handedly. I think Montrezl Harrell matches up very very well with Kristaps uh, Porzingis. So while it's true that the NBA is a different level than Euroleague. Lucra, man, he Euroleague MVP, youngest player to ever do it in the championship games, playoff performer on the Olympic stage in the world championships. I don't, I'm very hesitant to say that 
the stage will be too big for Luca. Yeah, I, I'm not really worried about that. I think he's he'll be all right. Yeah, I think he's going to be okay. And I think he, the fact that he's the guy uh, that is going to be giving fits to that unbelievable wing depth that the Clippers have. Again, you're going against the Claw and Paul George. You can one of them gets tired. The other one here. Tags here's in, here's right? another yeah. six foot nine, long, unbelievably athletic wing that's going to put clamps on you, and that's their only responsibility. Uh, go and be the centerpiece of your offense. So I think it's going to be too much, but at the same time, the Mavericks have some depth as well, man. Yeah. Tim Hardaway, like Solid every, piece. he's yeah. another one of those rocket killers. Every just a random guy who just hoops against the Rockets that every team has. I remember one of the all time uh, rocket killers that he reminds me of, Monte Ellis, oh, always busted yeah. the Rockets' asses when he was with the Warriors, the I Mavericks, the Bucks. Them, yeah, um, Tim Hardaway is another one of those guys. He can give you twenty on any given night. Um, Finney Smith, another long athletic wing. You got Seth Curry off the bench. Trey Burke has been a dog in the yeah, bubble. Yeah, great. Multiple 30-point games. Are you kidding me? So I think the Mavericks are going to push this series to seven games. I think wow. this will be seven this will be one of the series. more tight matchups. Really? Uh, between like disparity in terms of a 2-7 or a 3-6 kind of seed. I see Clippers in six. I don't think this goes seven. Yeah, I, I see Clippers in six as I, well, Nabil. I see one game each that both Kristaps and Luka end up going off respectively. I think I think Luka has a 40-piece in the series, and I think that Kristaps has like 35 and 20, like something, a, a crazy number. 35 and 20. I wouldn't be surprised. Would you be surprised? God, no. We've seen, Yoke, we've seen Nurk could do 20 and 20 i see i can easily see christoph's going 35, 35 and 20, 20 especially yeah. with like no true inside presence yeah. for the clippers other than Zubac. so I, I see two great games from them but then i i see the collection of paul george Montrezl harrell Kawhi leonard and lou um and lou williams that offensive quadruple that you have over there is too much for those guys each one of those four guys i feel like can drop a 30 piece any night so I mean, if we're going to go that, so I think what, Chef, what do you have? What do you have the series going right now? Yeah, I have the Clippers in six as well, man. Vola brought up a good point. You have the two best wing defenders out there guarding your spotlight, man. And I think it's just going to be too much for him, bro. Yeah. So, yeah, I got I got Clippers in six as well. Yeah, I think that'll but be But it's going to be man. an exciting series, man. I'd love to see what this guy can do, especially up against the talents he's going up against right now with the yeah. Clippers. Love to see what you can do, Luca. Man, I, I I agree, but I think then this brings us next, in my opinion, to uh, you know I think when we're an hour in, I think this would be a good time to bring up the Houston Rockets again. We get some local shout out in, but the Rockets Lakers matchup. We got the Rockets Lakers matchup potentially into the second round. What do you guys think with that? By God, that is a great matchup. And we've seen the regular season games against these two, and it is uber competitive. So yeah. to see this in the playoffs, I think it's going to be a treat for everybody. Yeah. I uh, Can we just do this assuming Westbrook will be healthy? Can yes. we have happy? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. That's, 100%. That's what I'm if we make it past the first round, there's no way Westbrook There's no way he's not going to come back. Yeah, I agree. Um, man, I think we match up. I think we're a matchup nightmare for the Lakers. I think they're scared to play us. They their biggest weakness is their backcourt, and you have the best backcourt arguably in the in the last decade of basketball. Yeah. James Harden and Russell Westbrook, two MVPs in their prime. You spread the Lakers out. Russell Westbrook taking AD off the dribble. We saw how that, that worked out when we had the first game of our microball experiment in LA. We took the game away from LA with Russell dominating. Um, James Harden. No one on that team is going to be able to guard him. An old over-the-hill Danny Green, no. LeBron's not going to be able to have the energy to chase him down and play and be the centerpiece of the Lakers' offense. I think Houston, low-key, 
this is their chance to break out. Yeah. Like if if we were able to steal this OKC series, hopefully get Russell back and match up against the Lakers in the second round, I can see Houston winning this series. I, I'm not confident enough to say Rockets in six, but man, Rockets in seven games is an enticing upset. I so from I completely agree with Ivala, and I see this as one thing. I think James Harden has been clawing at the moment like this. I think he was wetting his mouth for a moment like this. You've been stopped by this Golden State Warriors dynasty for a whole career preventing you from winning a championship and that's gone that monkey is off your back and you have lebron coming into the west claiming to take on the west and think it's not a big deal as that big the east was i think james harden comes in and puts and they haven't been looking that good either man no i agree have not been looking i think this i I think we see james harden putting a claim in history this is his legacy moment when we look back to his career we're going to see him as dethroning lebron into his first attempt at the west so we got damian lillard and james harden then i guess yeah something to prove I, I i think james harden can prove this into the second round i think the blazers will end up working the lakers a little bit so i think the rockets are going to come into a team that's going to be kind of tired and i think that this is the prime time for james harden to come in and just explode and more importantly in my opinion i think if james harden is going to be you know taking a lot of minutes in the first round i think this is a moment for russ to come out and actually have that's his mark in history russ as well in, yeah absolutely right man yeah, and I think Russ can give this team a lot of trouble as well, like you said, Vala. I think AD and uh, Russ matchup, I think that's going to be horrible for AD. And I think Russ can drop 30 every in any given night. He's way uh, too quick for him. Uh. I think this game goes seven in the Rockets' favor. I think this is going to be a legacy moment for James Harden and Russell Westbrook both that we look back and say, you guys did this. You, that amalgamation came back of the OKC Thunder team that we had about eight years ago, and y'all have now succeeded both in y'all's prime, both MVP winners. This is a legacy piece. So who are we playing in the Western Conference finals we got what the nuggets and the uh the oh, clippers the nuggets and clippers nuggets. matchup would be a good matchup as well i, I again i clippers, think man. yeah i think i think Kawhi leonard's nuggets the nuggets are just a year away yeah i agree and uh, clippers rockets that's tough this is a horrible it's never been a good matchup horrible matchup man. i agree Ever. this is the worst matchup i think we talk is how bad denver could have been as a matchup i think this is the worst matchup in the league i think having two guys that can switch on james harden at any time and give him trouble uh, this that's literally what you need and the crazy part is both those guys can switch flawlessly on russell westbrook yeah, exactly yes. <laughs> yes that's what i was gonna say there man. is no like there's no problem to put pg covered. on uh, on russ who's former teammate by the way and probably has a really good understanding of him and i'm sorry Kawhi on russ that's not fair i i think i think Kawhi wins that every single time i think your main matchup that you're hoping for if you're the rockets is that you have paul george on james Harden a lot and you know that i think can be competitive but i think paul george or sorry Kawhi on uh, james Harden's gonna be very difficult Kawhi on russ is gonna be very difficult i think you try to pinpoint paul george who's still even beverly on russ yeah oh my god yeah and beverly on harden are you kidding me you have three guys that can switch up on you with and just you know destroy your backcourt yeah um so it's relying on your front court you're gonna have to rely on pinpoint perfect shooting from all these outside guys you just have yeah you have to hope you know kind of like maury said when the warriors first made their team you have to hope that you have a mathematical anomaly for a few games and you beat the greatest team ever yeah and in this case, I think that you'd have That's to it. bank on Jeff Green, Austin Rivers, someone like Macklemore to fill in the Gerald Green role and just get hot for like five or ten minutes yeah. every game. Eric Gordon would have to show He'd up. He'd have to show up 25. Yeah, He'd yeah. have to be the sixth man of the year, 20 points per game off the bench, Eric Gordon for us. And then, yeah, Harden has to have a transcendent series here. I mean, <laughs> he's we, we basically have established the fact that James Harden needs to average like 50 points a game in the playoffs for the Rockets yes. to get to the finals. 
James, just be transcendent again. No big deal. Average like 35 a game against the best to two best perimeter defenders in all of basketball. And we okay. got this. And if you don't, by the way, all of tw- uh, basketball Twitter will label you as a choke artist and that nothing in your entire life. No pressure matters. at all. James, though. keep in mind, you will be 31 next year. And yeah. Russ is going to be, what, 33 or 34 next year. Um, this is it, bud. Like if you're if you're going to make a move on your career and you're going to be the guy to do it, now is your time. Yeah, man, this he's is, playing the best basketball right now. Yeah, this is the first year that Kawhi and uh, PG have come together, and you have been in the system for what five, six years now at this point, and been an All Star MVP. This is your time to shine. Warriors are no more. Steph is no longer looking right at you. Hey, prove it, win it. I think it goes Rocket in seven. Yeah, I mean, I'm not too interested in the Eastern Conference side of things. Uh, to be quite honest, but I think we all agree the Bucks. Unless something crazy happens and the Celtics have an upset, the Bucks come out of the East. So, yeah, interesting to see what happens. We've at least laid our first round predictions out pretty in depth. Um, you guys go ahead and give us a shout out at Not Weekly Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Um, y'all have any shout outs you want to make before we close out our playoff pod? Nah, bro. I mean, again, thank you, Nishida. Mm, Love not you. Shit, not sure, but I'll my OG rabbit. Love you, bud. Yeah, I have no free shout outs to give right now. Um, shout out to my dogs. Hey. Penny threw up this morning. She had like a path of vomit. Oh, God. It traced okay like exactly where she went down the stairs, too. Yeah, she's okay. She just like had, she jumps onto her counters. She's oh a little God. mini Aussie <laughs> and like finds food in places we wouldn't think she could get to. Um, so shout out to Penny. Hope you feel better. I hope I don't have to put an NG tube down your nose. Oh, that your sounds throat. painful. And then shout out Mr. Blue. My Dr. Professor Blue. One, the leg humper. He's oh, still, he still thinks about your leg every oh, night with I a miss massive him too, red bro. rocket. Oh my God. I miss him too, man. Yeah. Dr. Professor Blue. Dr. Professor Mr. Blue. Oh my gosh. Well, much love to you guys. Hope you guys enjoyed this NBA pod, this NBA playoffs pod. Uh, definitely. We're probably going to have another one whenever the finals come around. So catch us then, man. Love y'all. Deuces. Deuces. Deuces.